Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Conversations. So happy to have you here. Uh, today's guest is Dean McMurray. He is the military medium. He was super cool to talk to, very nice and down to earth. Um, we actually are both from the Midwest, so we started talking about that for like the first 15 minutes. So I cut all that out just so that I'm not boring anybody that's from a different country or not from the Midwest or just if you don't want to hear about that. Um, so it sounds like I just am like, hi, Dean, and then jump right into it, but that's why editing. Um, also, weird thing, I lost all of the footage and I had to go on a deep dive and try to find it, which has never happened to me before. So kind of spooky. Anyway, he talks all about being a medium and it's just fascinating. So I hope you really like the episode. And here we go. I'm really good. Um, you were in the army, you said? Yeah. So um, I was in the regular army for 14 and a half years, um, you know, stationed various points around the world and in the United States, um, and then got out after Afghanistan in 2003. And then, like I said, I then I joined the National Guard in an active duty component um, and came to North Dakota. And, and I did another 10 years. Uh, with them in a more administrative role, right? So mm -hmm. I was kind of uh, the full time, so I call it, and in a lot of different um, uh, various duties throughout the ten years that I was right. with them. So well, thank you so, for your service. Oh well, thank you. So, yeah, no, that's amazing. I military is very important. Um, who coined the phrase military medium? Did you do that? So you know, oddly, it's great that you asked that because <laughs> I am going to give one hundred and ten percent to that to my wife. Early when I started uh, my journey as as being a medium, um. My wife goes, you should call yourself the military medium. And if you know anybody in the military, like very logical, very black and <laughs> right. white, and Not anything kind woo -woo. of corny or hokey, like whatever term you want to use, like, and that's what I said. I said, that sounds hokey. And I said it, well, and I probably used the word stupid. I didn't call her <laughs> stupid, but it sounded stupid in my head. And of course, as a husband because I was stupid at the time like let, <laughs> letting that come out of my mouth you know the it sounded better in my head and yeah, but I said yeah. no it just sounds stupid or silly or hokey and I said it doesn't sound right and it wasn't you know and I wasn't trying to be mean but it just it, it wasn't fitting with me and she said whatever and my wife <laughs> and anytime you guys know this, anytime somebody's wife or partner says whatever, it's like, <laughs> you know, you should be listening. But I wasn't. Right. <laughs> but it wasn't until many years later, because I was going by psychic medium, Dean McMurray, and I was looking to rebrand. I knew that it was time to rebrand of who I was. And um, I I started looking at stuff and, and I, you know, what do I represent and who am I deeper core? Yeah. I'm a medium and all this, but, and I was like, God, I just have all this military service. I made up most of my life and that really shaped who I am today. And I was like, well, that's a big part of my life. It always will be. Right. And I was like, well, why not incorporate that? And I was like, then it was like, here are my wife's words. You should be the military medium. Right. So I went back sheepishly going, you're right. And yeah. she was like, what was that? You know? <laughs> and so then I rebranded myself and came out as the military medium. And it was interesting, Don, because when I did that, it really shifted in a major, major way for me because, um, especially a lot of guys, but even the ladies that have either served um, or anybody that has family member or whatever, their connection to the military um, just goes, I really love the fact that you incorporate the military into that. And, you know, it was interesting just how they showed up. 
Yeah. And then um, the other aspect was, is, and I know you probably watched some of it, was I started getting reach outs by probably half a dozen producers because they were looking at the paranormal. At the time, the paranormal idea or concept of different shows were really going off the hook. It was it was really crazy. Mm-hmm. And but they were also, of course, everybody's very patriotic and they love incorporating that kind of stuff. And so they started reaching out and they were like, because, you know, they're putting in keywords into Google in these concept meetings or, you know, when they're sitting over sushi or whatever the hell they do and, <laughs> and think up show up ideas. And, you know, and I keep on popping up. And because I'm owning that name, the military medium, I, you know, am branding that. And so, and I kept on getting these reach outs saying, Hey, we would love to discuss like, you know, this idea this, that, the other thing. And, um, yeah, it, it was just, and not only that, not only the, you know, the movie or the, I shouldn't say movie, but the, the show concepts and, um, different ways that families and different folks show up, but it has been something that has been really deeper and more profound that I could really ever fathom because I did have a lady and it still touches me today, Don, that her husband was dying in a, in a hospice unit here in the local area. Um, very decorated veteran, many, many years in the military. And she wanted to, only comfort her husband to, to let him know that he was going to be okay once it was time for him to transition over mm-hmm. to the spiritual side, but um, also give them comfort, right? And she she said, you know, I'm not quite sure, but she said, when I saw the military medium, she said, I knew it was like God was speaking to me, like, that's it. Oh, and so it was such a profound moment that I'll never forget. And I, I share this on many shows because it still touches my heart Yeah, that's today, awesome. like just, and I was like, and just to be, just to have the honor to not only be in his presence, but to deliver the messages that I did and, and to give him that cause he was nonverbal, but he could give cues and yeah. And everything else. And just to see the tears of joy and release. And Mm -hmm. it it was really emotional and hard for me even because I usually try to separate myself, even if it's a very hard reading to do, like very emotional and everything. But it was real. I was really struggling even on that reading. And she became after that. It was really interesting because she's such a sweet lady just the best person. And she went on to be become actually a very good friend. And she actually started developing her own spiritual abilities and is very gifted herself. So which was really fascinating to watch her grow. And um, so, yeah, it's, you know, you never know. I always say that, um, you know, when man plan, God laughs. And, (laughs) you know, it's like we, because I was planning, you know, when I stepped into this, um, you know, into mediumship, uh, or when it ran into me rather, right? I I was planning to work for the VA. I did not have any plans to be a medium. I didn't want to be a medium. I wasn't looking for anything spiritually. I wasn't, I didn't travel in the circles of mediums and psychics. Um, I wasn't a cynic, but I was on, I was for sure a skeptic. So what happened? So in my last three years of military service, so again, you know, I was working for the Army National Guard in a full-time capacity. And as I got close to retirement, um, we were, uh, you know, tapped on the shoulder to go to a lovely country called uh, Kosovo. Mm. And uh, so, okay, so this, you know, last hurrah, all that great stuff. And uh, I love referring to deployments as the government-sponsored vacations because it makes me feel better. (laughs) But I was like, one more vacation with the government. All right, let's do it, right? Right. And so, you know, I went off and deployment, came back. And, you know, like I shared is that there, 
you know, I wasn't aware of anything. It wasn't people always ask, were you aware that, you know, when you were young that you had these abilities right. or any time? And no, I wasn't like cognizantly aware, like, oh, yes, I'm a medium or I'm using my intuition. I wasn't like overtly aware like that. Um, and it was interesting because when I came back, it was like, you know, like think of a poltergeist, a scene out of poltergeist, the movie where clocks and pictures done started flying off the wall. And I quite honestly looked at my wife and go, what the F is going on? Right. And, but I knew that her and a bunch of girlfriends had been going to a local psychic in my area. And I was jokingly referring to the psychic as the voodoo chick. Oh, and, and I, because that was me. And yes. understand what do you got to do? Poke fun at it because it makes it, it takes the edge off, right? Yep. It, yep. And what we don't understand, we fear. And if we fear something, then we don't have control over it. So, you know, either we have to have control over it or we have to poke fun at it. Yep. Well, at least it was for me. And that was my mind thing or my thinking at the time, my rationale. And, but so I said, what you need to get voodoo chick over here. There's some weird stuff going on. And I was serious. Like, I just want her, like, I didn't understand how it worked. Yeah. And I thought that she could just stop all the craziness going on. And so when she came over, she started connecting to my deceased grandfather, who was a World War One veteran. Um, and, you know, was, I was very close to my, my, grand, my mom's dad. Mm -hmm. And I was very close to him and my grandmother. And I was like, you know, I'm looking at this lady like she has an extra set of eyeballs on her forehead. And right. I'm like, uh, I was not in the mind space of receiving this message. And I'm just, even though she was giving me all this evidential information, I was like, what the hell is going on? And I was like, okay, nothing against grandpa, but where the hell was he uh, when I went to... Um, Afghanistan. Where was he when I went to Bosnia? Where was he when I, you know, and I'm going down. So anybody that's been in the military a hot minute, you know, you're going places, right? Mm -hmm. uh, just give it a second. Then you're going to go somewhere. And so I went down my list of, you know, Hey, where was he, you know, at these places? And she said, you know what? I can't answer that. But she said, I can tell you that he's here now. Mm. And I was like, whatever. I was not ready to talk to grandpa. And I was missing the point, really, because he had all these great messages. But um, it was, she left and nothing was resolved. And quite honestly, activity in the home, paranormal activity increased. And I thought, oh my God, you know, what, what are we going to do? And one evening, I was washing bottles for my then newborn son. Uh, around midnight, my wife and my daughter uh, were sleeping. So was my son. And I was the only one awake. And our home at the time was a, was a older rambler home. So to kind of paint the scene for everybody. Mm -hmm. And the kitchen was open to the living room. So I had my back to the living room washing bottles and if you bgbs like somebody you know like watching you yeah. from afar behind you and i knew every sense in my body the hairs were standing i still get goosebumps thinking oh about my it God. and I, like i turned around thinking like somebody's trying to sneak up on me or whatever and physically there was nobody there you know the the, the rest of the house was kind of dark or whatever and I was like, what the F, you know, like I know there, every part of me was saying that there's somebody there. Right. And I'm like, whatever, I'm just tired. What the hell am I doing at midnight washing bottles? <laughs> and, you know, and I was like, I just need to go to bed. But I knew there was another part of me that knew that it was my grandmother. And mm -hmm. then I quite literally out loud said to myself, like, how the hell do I know it's grandma? Like. You know, how do you just know something, which is right. claircognizance, by the way. And look, I know I was having a psychic moment and, uh, and, and then I quite, I, I just, 
answer myself going, I don't know, but she's not here to hurt me. And then I thought, oh my God, I'm answering myself. like <laughs> I'm going crazy. I'm losing it. Like I'm, you know, and I was like, I'm just so shot. Like I must, I must be out of it. I just need to go to bed. Yeah. And so when I, I was very much awake, but lying there with my eyes closed in bed. Um, and I started talking to my grandmother because, you know, she was very, very close to me. And I, you know, it was just like, hey, grandma, like if she's really there, like, you, you know, you start talking like, well, hey, I love you, miss you. Like, you know, we want to connect. We want that one more connection, right? Yes. And it's like, what he been up to? And then it's like my drunk friend showed up to the party. My <laughs> drunk friend is my ego. Ego always has the better ideas and is like, oh, Dean, you're full of it. You know, you're you're, you know, trying to put logic to something that doesn't have logic and you're just making this up. You probably watched a show. So logic tells me that if grandma is really there, she would prove it, you know, prove this. Yes. That she's. And so immediately, Don, it was like a snap of the fingers that the room turned absolutely frigid. Now, I also want to preface this by saying that it's it's wintertime in the Midwest at this time. Mm -hmm. And so it's in that in between November, December. So we're getting pretty close to the anniversary of all this. And so quite honestly, I was like, holy crap. You know, like, I'm like, I could feel that. I'm like, yeah, holy crap. What was that? And then you go right back to logic because you need something to explain it. Like the wife's got a fit or maybe for some weird reason, she, open the window or maybe it's off peak power or, you know, so you're trying to reassure yourself. Oh, it's just something else. Right. Yeah. And so then logic goes, you know, I always like to say my drunk friend showed back up again and said, you know what, if this shit's really real, grandma would touch us. And she was not there to disappoint that evening because I still remember it like it was yesterday. And it was a gentle yet firm pressure, Don, that started the top of my head, went to the bottom of my feet and literally pushed me directly into the bed. It wasn't like somebody was choking me like you will believe, but, right. you know, somebody's thinking, oh, my God, he was having a, <laughs> you know, a poultry, really poultry. It wasn't it wasn't mean, but it was like somebody was literally laying on top of me because I felt like lead. I could hear the springs in the bed compressed. And I could feel the mattress come up around me. Oh, and I was like, holy bleep, 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 yeah. right? Yeah. And like the six-year-old little boy in me came out and I was like, oh my God, I love you. <laughs> you know, you know, I love you, grandma, but see Aww. you soon. Like you got to leave. Like you're freaking the holy bejesus out of me because I feel like I just broke the last seal to hell. And, all, you know, <laughs> like how do you shut it off? And as soon as I said, you know see you soon, like you got to leave. It was again, like a snap of the fingers that everything returned to normal and all the weight came off, um, where the room turned back to regular temperature mm. and it was like, it never happened. But I sat up immediately in bed out of breath for some reason and completely covered in sweat going, what the hell just happened? And I was like, myself going, you know, is it PTSD? I'm a psychosis, you know, like, oh, oh my sure. God. Like, yeah. Right. And, but I knew what I experienced. Right. And, but I didn't know how to explain it. Like, what was that? Right. But I knew that it, you know, I could, I, you know, and there was nothing that I could do to explain it away. And so I really knew that from that moment on, it wouldn't matter what the harshest critic, cynic, it didn't matter. I knew what I experienced. It was so visceral. And that's what I needed because I'm, you know, sometimes I'm that, I'm the hard-headed guy, right? I know there's mm -hmm. probably a million of us out there better that, you know, we need something so visceral to have our experience that it's like, you know, that might not be normal, but at the same time, like, I can't explain that away. Like, that was really, it was paranormal, right? Right. And it was outside of what's typical. And 
So I woke my wife up that night and I said, you know, there's somebody here. And she was like thinking somebody's breaking in. Right. And I'm thinking, no, that'd be way too easy to number one, either deal with or explain. Yeah. And, but I was like, no, there's like a spirit here. And she was like, how the hell do you know that? And I said, <laughs> right. I don't know. Like I was freaking <laughs> out and I was like, you need to call the voodoo chick. And she goes, Dean, it's like two o'clock in the morning. You need to go back to bed. And so I was like, well, fat chance on that happening. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, you're spending up the rest of the night watching TV and just trying to keep your mind off what actually happened. But yeah. So I so I started on a journey of trying to figure out why me, why now? What does this mean? And quite honestly, Don, in the beginning, and it only got louder, if you will. There was only more activity. And my wife, um, you know, told me she was because it started affecting the kids. And of course, anybody with kids out there with the mamas, they, you know, who usually wakes up first, the you right. know, mom, because yep. that biological connection, there's something deeper there and nothing against the dads, but it just seems like a, a deeper, you know, connection. And, and of course, if the kids aren't sleeping, mom's not sleeping. And if mom's not sleeping, holy hell, watch out. <laughs> and, you know, and she looked at me one night and she was like, you need to quite honestly figure this shit out because I am not sleeping and the kids aren't sleeping and this is not working. And she right. was frustrated. And, and I was like, but I was like, who do I go to? Like, you know, there's not Ghostbusters in the phone book or, <laughs> and, um, so I knew I went back to that voodoo lady, right? The voodoo chick. Yes. And for the record, she does not do voodoo, but, um, but I went back to her and I said, you know what? I need to figure this shit out. Like, what is, you know, why is this happening to me? How can I stop it or control it? Or what do I do with it? And she goes, Dean, you're a medium. And I said, uh, you're full of shit. I went on and, <laughs> and she goes, you know what? I probably am. And she goes, but that doesn't mean that you're not a medium. And I said, and I knew the book answer, right, of what a medium being able to mm -hmm. connect and communicate with those that have departed. And but I was like, what does that mean for Dean McMurray? Because I've always considered myself just a small town kid from northern Minnesota, you know, just Normal. like, yeah, like hundreds and thousands of us that Midwest kid graduates, goes off to military or go off in the military. Good Lord. How many of us have done that or college or whatever. Right. Right. And so, you know, I was like, why me? Like, why now? Like here I am here. I got a newborn and I have a five-year-old. Oh my God. And I, and I have three years to retire. Like I cannot have, <laughs> I'm thinking I cannot have a mental breakdown. Like I, it's yeah. not part of the plan. Right. And this as I shared, convenient. you know, what's that? This is not convenient. Yes, it's not convenient. I think that's a, a yeah, the fickle word, right? Because again, <laughs> when man plan, God laughs because, it, you know, and I really believed on that it was all part of the, you know, obviously part of the program prior, but the universe, God, what have you was waiting for me to end my day, um, and knew that, okay, you're in your last three years. We need to start your learning or remembering, I'd like to say, um, about this far out so you can get collectively, I always like to say, get your shit together, Dean. So by the time you retire, you can start helping people in a way that you can't even conceptualize right now. Yeah. In a way that you can't even see, like you can't even see the, you know, the, the path before you, but you need to trust, um, you know, and if we need to, we're going to shake it up a little bit. So, you know, you, you know, get out of your comfort zone and, and, uh, so yeah. And so I really went on a, a journey or, you know, of trying to figure out, what being a psychic medium meant for Dean McMurray. And of course, I read all kinds of books. I, you know, consuming tons of material. 
um, watching a few things on TV, um, you know, but a lot of it was reading and reading, you know, stories of, you know, obviously people's readings and stuff, but I wanted to learn more about the medium themselves, right? Like mm -hmm. what was their journey? Like, what did they, what were their challenges and triumphs? And, you know, like if you're thinking about like, say, thinking of somebody to, um, you know, in business, like, you know, you look towards those business leaders and like, right. what did you, you know, what were your successes and more importantly, what were your failures and, you know, how did you navigate those and to get where you did today to, to get beyond what I call the iceberg, um, view, right? Because we only see a small percentage yeah. of what actually happens. And honestly, if it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't be where I am today because she was always and continues to be my number one supporter, mm. my number one fan. Um, and because, you know, um, when I came out of the quote unquote metaphysical closet, um, <laughs> to everybody else, um, even my mom and my dad, like, this is what I'm going to be doing. I was hesitant because yeah. we're always looking for approval. I don't care whether you're some guru out there that says, no, Dean, I'm not looking for it at some human level. Yes. Your ego is looking for, we want to be, you know, we want to do a good job. Right. Yeah. And I was a bit scared, but it was like, my mom just looks at me and she goes, oh, that makes so much sense. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, you know, all of a sudden then we, and it, it was interesting after that point in time, it opened up like a door um, for my family because it made it okay to talk about spirituality. We weren't like uber religious, but we, growing up, we always went just like most family, you know, like all the major holidays, we went to church. Right. Sundays as kids, we were expected to go to Sunday school, like very traditional Christian upbringing. And, um, you know, so it's kind of, it was kind of fascinating because, you know, understanding that my sisters um, are gifted um, and stepping in and embracing who I am on a spiritual level allowed them to come out and say, yeah, I've always like, I've always had this experience, but yet there are so many people. And I always say, quote unquote, in the closet, mm -hmm. because whether we're talking about sexuality or spirituality, you know, you're really not embracing who you are if you're not living, you know, authentically. Right. And so, you know, it was interesting. And even my mom became open more about into, you know, her intuitive abilities and just different things. And my dad, who was always before his passing, he was always um, more of a quiet guy, very traditional blue collar dude. Mm -hmm. And um, it was interesting because he was, he grew up in Canada, I'll give you a little background. He was, and um, in a Mormon upbringing, which is very interesting. Yeah. And they, so he called his sisters one time and he goes, yeah, so Dean's uh, a medium now. And, <laughs> you know, because after years of jumping out of planes and learning right. to, you know, shoot various weapons, it's like all of a sudden you're, you know, <laughs> and I don't know if he didn't really know how to take it or whatever. But and she go and my aunt at the time, she was, well, don't you remember aunt so-and-so? And he was like, no. And she was like, she told him, yeah, she read tea leaves all the time. Oh my so God. here, of course, my dad didn't talk about his family other than his mom and dad and who are past since he was a teenager. So he had a tumultuous upbringing, but um, so he didn't talk about it much. But here he had an aunt that um, was a psychic and read tea leaves and did oh other things. And God. I'm like, I started laughing. I said, isn't that some funny stuff? <laughs> and he said, you know, I would have never remembered that if it wasn't, you know, for for his sister bringing it up and re right. reminding him. And he was like, now I vaguely remember something. But, you know, for him, I don't think he really paid a lot of attention to it or whatever. But um, and then, of course, probably just forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. And so, 
you know, is my family super psychic? Did we come from a long line of psychics? I think there was a lot of intuitive, well, we're all intuitive, you know, kind of spoiler alert, but, um, you know, is, you know, there was some in the family and it was kind of interesting that, you know, when I, when, when I came out of the closet, that it opened the doorway for other people to make right. it okay to talk about um, and, you know, talk about events and, you know, how they, you know, things that, that happened to them. And it's like, wow, you know, like this is a side that I've never seen my own family. So, and they were very supportive, you know, and there's other people in the military cause it always comes up too. like, you know, did you tell your superiors and how did that work when you were, and I didn't in the beginning, um, I kept it very hidden before it was really the last year of my service, I became the grumpy old uh, guy that's getting ready to retire. <laughs> Needs to get out of there. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and so, you know, they were, everybody, we were having a, uh, I don't know what it was. It was a company get together and we were at a picnic of all things. And um, they said, and they always called me Mac for some reason, a short for McMurray. It mm -hmm. was a, it's kind of like a family thing because even my dad, when he was in the military, the same with my brother, they all called us Mac. So um, they said, hey, Sergeant Mac, you know, um, what are you going to be doing? Because I was always vague uh, for the last two years prior to that. Like, what are you going to be doing when you retired? And I right. always said, well, I'm going to be working for, you know, doing energy consulting. I'm going to be doing private cons like anything except saying that I'm yeah, anything else. Right. And so everybody's like, what is he going to do? I think he's going to work for an energy <laughs> company, something, you know, they were all confused. And so finally somebody said, no shit. Like, what are you going to be doing when you retire? Like, do you even have a plan? And I kind of looked around and uh, there was officers and, you know, and uh, a lot of enlisted and everything. And I said, you know, the hell with it. And I was like, well, to be really honest with you, I said, I haven't really been forthcoming about what I've been doing. But I said, I'm a psychic medium. And it was like you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> and then uh, a friend or well, there was a female in the unit that hit me on the shoulder and she was like, I knew it. She was like, I knew it. She was like, I do Reiki. You know, if you're familiar with Reiki, uh -huh. an energetic form of healing. And she was like, and uh, I've known her and her husband for many years. And, <laughs> and so then of course you get the mix bag of people that are super, super intrigued mm -hmm. and, you know, want to know more. Um, there's the other handful that go, um, I'm going to pray for you. Um, <laughs> and then the other that. people that just don't even say anything and they turn around and walk away. And, yeah. and I really come to learn cause it was more about ignorance for me, but I really come to learn that regardless of what you do for a living, um, whether you dig ditches, whether you work in the military, police, fire, doesn't matter is people are people. And, you know, I've had the or privilege and honor now over the 11 or so years that I've been doing this is to give people of all backgrounds um, readings, police, military, I mean, you know, mm -hmm. pilots and I mean the whole gamut and even, you know, everybody and just all kinds of different odd you know, work backgrounds. Right. And I'm like, you know, people are people. I don't care how much, you know, where you come financially, where you come diversely, your ethnicity, it doesn't matter. Um, you're still human and everybody has their various beliefs. And it's more about, for me, I'm like, how is, how beautiful is it to just recognize and acknowledge people wherever they are? Yeah. Like, and that's, and that's what it was. Like some people will just turn around and walk away and, you know, and, or some people will want to sit down and like, holy shit, like how is it, you know, they're super intrigued and, yeah. you know, and that's fun, but you know, it's like, so honoring people at every level that they're at and saying, that's okay. 
you know, do I get mad and stand on my soapbox and saying, you must believe. And it's like, <laughs> uh, no, like, because I remember where I was. Yeah. And it's like, that's okay because I was there like, and then maybe until they have their own experience, whatever that is, you know, they may be still in that, you know, like, Hey, I don't really believe in that stuff. And right. That's all right. And, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. It sets some interesting dynamics. Um, but, um, yeah, and that's, that, and then it's really what I learned about. It's not about people believing or not believing. It's just recognizing where people are and just holding space for them in the, in that, you know, where, you know, they're the difference. And I think that not making it weird, it's yeah. just like, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> let's move on. Whatever. Right. Like, you know, so what you, is the favorite, your favorite part? Is it when you see that twinkle of, oh, I said something that resonates with them? Is that like a great moment for you or what's your favorite part of it? Oh, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I think one of the things that I still really love about giving reading, something that still, I guess, kind of speaks to me at a deeper level and says, yeah, Dean, you're, you're doing, you're, you're exactly where you need to be. Mm -hmm. I think is seeing that person that comes to either an event or private session or whatever, that you can almost feel their, their pain that they're carrying. So whether it's the grief or there's some just, I mean, there's so many diverse, um, uh, stories right out there mm -hmm. and sit and so when they leave the session and you can almost see and feel the healing and the weight lifted from them and they actually are walking taller right they're actually smiling for the first time they're actually coming to a piece of some small piece of resolve, like helping them move at least a couple steps forward. Or the other aspect is for the first time they're being seen in a way that they have never, ever in their lifetime. And so bringing them back from the brink of, it, it could be disabilitating uh, depression or for some, and I've gotten the feedback of, taking their own life because they're like, I was in a place that I was planning on, you know, mm -hmm. and so like holding a flashlight, that's the analogy I always get in my head that it's not about me doing something spectacular, but it's just about me shining my own light. And those that are aligned with it, that see it, you think of the lighthouse, right? Analogy of uh, the lighthouse isn't doing anything special. It's just shining its light. But it's the people that need to see the light that that are, you know, I don't want to say save, but in a sense, because they're they really are saving themselves. But um, they're like, oh, you know, hey, I see that there's help up there or there's an obstacle, whatever that is. Right. So it's playing some small spark part in a bigger picture and just to watch this. You know, these sometimes what I would classify sometimes are miracles that just go on where I go even sometimes go, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I want to share with you one quick story real quick that happened yeah. this weekend, actually, because I'm fresh back off of a uh, event that, that we did this weekend. And I was giving a, it was a public gallery and I was, I was giving a person a reading and um, I thought it was really odd because, you know, I, first off, I connected to the this younger gentleman and where, you know, he talks about that he died by suicide. And I understand that there was a pistol involved. And I was like, okay, got that. And I relayed that and, and other stuff. But then I kept on sh being shown a house and the house was dark. And I was like, I didn't really understand the significance of this dark house. And I just said, I don't know how to describe it other than it's a dark house. The house is dark. Like I felt yeah. like Dr. Seuss, like, you know, how many times am I going to describe? Right. Like, and I said, 
I said, I know it sounds silly, but in the house, the lights are off, but there's something specific why I'm seeing this. Like, I know, like, I don't get shown stuff just like, hey, random, like squirrel, right? Yeah. And so it was interesting that this gentleman goes, yeah, I totally know what the dark house means. And I was like, well, you know, how do you validate with that? And he was like, well, that's my friend who committed uh, suicide. But before he did that, he was waiting in a dark house to, he was going to do a murder suicide. And, oh. and, um, and I said, well, and I was bringing forward these messages and I said, you know, how, you know, how is it that he keeps on talking about guilt? And, and I said, it almost feels like one action away from using the whole course and we're going on. And he goes, well, before he did any of that, he told me his entire plan. And I quite honestly looked at him because we were good friends. And he goes, you don't have the balls to do it. And he said, watch me. And so the, his friend went to this person's house, shut off all the lights and waited for this person with a handgun and was oh going to shoot God. this person and commit suicide. Well, for whatever situation, the person didn't show up and his friend ended up shooting himself in this home. Oh, and I wow. said, are you, I said, is the guilt that he's talking about the guilt that you've because you never did anything and you kind of, hey, you don't have the balls to do it. And he was like, I'll show it. And he goes, absolutely every day. Oh, And it was please. about letting go. And I got the most beautiful message afterwards from his partner. And he was like, and she was saying, you'll never even under, probably can't even understand or begin to understand like how profound receiving that message was for my partner she said um, how how much grief he was holding guilt with yeah and all the guilt he was with with that scenario wow and she said he and that happened and he, he was i want to i want to guess that the the gentleman that i was given a reading reading to was in his late 50s maybe early 60s and it happened when he was a young man oh my and god and so you think that somebody and and this happens Unfortunately, we know this, that things similar happen all the time and people are carrying either the, the, the guilt or the grief or whatever. And unfortunately for some, it, they're carrying it for a lifetime and mm -hmm. some never release it because they just feels that that that's their burden because that's what I did. And that was the outcome. And, you know, and that's what they choose to feel. And that's a very human condition. And yeah. it's like, wow. And I said, are you kidding me right now? Like, mm. and I was just, and when he was validating the stuff in the reading, I said, I'm completely like covered in goosebumps. And I said, I, I said, I cannot even, like, you know, my, emotional like aspect just like going oh my god like right you know because sometimes a lot of times i'm not even i just deliver the message i'm not even because i've learned to almost try to emotionally disconnect from sure. it because you know you're connecting to people that have lost kids and moms and dads and it's a lot of death and right. so and i'm like oh my god and it was just something that was so powerful wow so, and you know, what I always say is that when we step out of our own way, the, the cool things that we can witness, the, what I call the, the, the many miracles that, that we're, you know, really that we're all put here on earth to do that we're truly, I believe that we're all vessels. And yeah. I always love to show up every day and go kind of, you think of kind of look towards the heavens and the universe and go, how can I serve today? Mm -hmm. it's you know and it's not always like it's not always as dean the medium it could be for example um you know i have an elderly neighbor she's just a beautiful soul and a lot of times is it hey i need to fire up the snowblower during the winter and go snowblower driveway right yeah. 
Um, could it be like you see that lady or gentleman in front of you at, you know, uh, the depart or, you know, at the grocery store that, that can't pay for their groceries? Do you buy their, you know, groceries or their milk or whatever? Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, because may, you know, you don't know, um, you, you don't know their scenario, right? Where right. somebody's out, if we're breathing, we're always struggling or healing from something. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm sharing is, is that if we get out of our own way, out of our head, meaning, and get connected more to our heart is that that's where like the universe is speaking to us. That's where our intuition is guiding us. And so whether it's, you know, leading us to the people that we can help in a bigger way, whether it's, um, you know, bringing us to uh, greater abundance through happiness or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, you know, so many things. And I just think we get so wrapped up in everyday life that we miss all this. And it's, again, it's, it, um, so yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling now, but no, no, but, I seriously, I'm just so wrapped up in it. That's fascinating. I yeah. wanted to ask you, um, you said, spoiler alert, we all have these gifts. Yeah. Is it, is it something that we are, that we could push away by trying too hard? Cause I feel like I want to right. be intuitive and I want to have the gifts, but I feel like it's not happening. Right. Well, and it's very common. So I would share is that I don't, I don't think you can push it away, but I feel it's almost like, think of a flapper. I, I would, you know, like a drain, drain mm -hmm. stop or a flapper between somewhere between your head and your heart and your body. And so, when you're, when you're trying to reach out, like if somebody, like you said, Don, like, I really want to be able to do this or whatever, that's your ego saying that. Okay. But the, the heart or the, or the, you know, the heart connection is, or the intuitive connection is saying that, you know, I'm going to let go of all expectations. I'm going to do maybe say, if you do a meditation or exercise, whatever that is, and you do that, and whatever the outcome is, I'm going to trust, even if somewhere I'm a bit disappointed, that I'm going to go, okay, that's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try again later. And just try to stay more open to the results and then continue practicing until, you know, it gets stronger. And so I would share is that if we're reaching for something, that's our ego telling us to do okay. or set the, you know, that's our ego telling us that, you know, that, um, it's like, Hey, you're stupid or, Hey, you're not, that's not happening because you're not, you know, like our mind, like, uh, for here's a great one. Meditation is you sit there and you go, okay. So you sit there and you have the candle because this was me when I first started, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to set the, I'm going to Zen the shit out of this. Right. That's what I thought. <laughs> I'm going to be like a Buddhist monk when I get done. Like I didn't have the robe on, but you know, and so I had the candles going. I had the little, I probably did have like chant music going on. Like it was like pretty cool. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I'm trying to sit like in the lotus position. And so first <laughs> off you start off, it's like, okay, this is pretty cool. The mind's like floating and you get a little bit of dreamy state and then all of a sudden you get like a pain or a twing twinge in your leg and you're like oh shit now i'm getting so the mind goes to the cramp that you're getting yes and it's like do i really and so then your mind starts going like you know the the hamster wheel starts squeaking yes. in your mind and that's the ego remember your drunk friend it's like mm -hmm. do we really have to sit in the lotus position I wonder if Lotus, you know, and then you just <laughs> stupid stuff like, you know, Lotus. I wonder where they got the name Lotus. And then so like and then then it's like, oh, that reminds me like I love, you know, Lotus cars or I love right. like, oh, that reminds. So then maybe you're thinking insects and something weird. And it's like, oh, what am I going to have for dinner tonight? And yeah, then yeah. so the mind starts running and runs and then. You come out of nowhere with the ego again going and you're yelling at yourself like I'm supposed to be meditating and right. it has been at least 
has it been five minutes yet? And I'm supposed to be Zen. When is this going to happen? Like, because yeah. now it's starting to hurt and my back itches and, um, you know, that coffee that I got from Starbucks, that's getting cold. And so our mind, we start like just everything. It's like all the voices in our head yeah. is getting loud. And so for me in the beginning, it was super hard. And what I found after taking a six month meditation course, the true story. Yeah. And I was like, I found that I didn't like meditation because traditional meditation wasn't for me, even though I had some mind blowing, like, super trippy experiences. Mm -hmm. And um, however, what I found was that you can meditate in non-traditional means. So what I'm saying is the same thing applies when you're doing intuition exercises. The ego always tells you like it's trying to fork, you know, like trying to run ahead, right? And it's mm -hmm. like the hamster wheel never stops. But I now... I know this about myself. So I just allow the, the, my ego to exhaust itself like, Oh, okay. Just keep on running your mouth, Dean. You know, it's like, yeah. And so, or the other aspect is, and this is where, when you talk about candles, you've heard of candle meditation right? is to actually have something physical and maybe watch a flame or if you've ever been around a campfire, how mesmerizing and kind of like, I don't want to say you get in a trance, but it's you're watching the flames and the smoke mm -hmm. and you're not thinking about like, you know, um, you might be thinking like, boy, that looks hot. And but you're thinking how cool the embers look and you're yeah. focusing all of your mental acuity and you're allowing your ego and everything to focus in on the fire. And it's just allow your mind to drift. So what I found for me that works well for myself is um, is to do something that is very mindless, but it's a physical activity. For some, it's walking their dog or their pet. For some, it's painting. Um, you know, I've gotten a ton of messages like when we first moved into our house that we now live in. And I was painting because the wife wanted different color walls or whatever. And so you're doing a bunch of painting and it was, but it's a bit mindless, right? It's yeah, like you're it just is. rolling, rolling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, you're just kind of drifting and, you know, and uh, so, or it could be those adult coloring books or kids coloring books or playing with Play-Doh or, you know, if you're maybe playing with your kids doing a certain activity um, mm -hmm. that you don't have to put a lot of thought into what you're doing. And so, you know, it's a sense of meditation. Do you, it, so what I'm trying to share is that, um, you know, I believe that we all have these abilities. I believe that, you know, the, the ego is trying to make sense of a lot of things. And we're always trying to, that, that frontal cortex, right. Is trying yeah. to keep us safe and we're trying to be proactive and be a, productive member of society. So we're like, oh yeah, I got to pick up the dry cleaning and oh, what was that weird spot I saw on the car? Right. Did, said, did, did the wife or the husband, you know, ding it on the, like, God, I hope yeah. not. Cause that's going to raise our rates. And then, so it's just, it's everything, this chatter in your head. Yep. And, you know, and so I could continue on and on, but um, because that's where a lot of anxieties come from because mm -hmm. we're living that living in the future because that's living five minutes from now five right. hours from now yeah it's not right now what where are you currently in the moment like these words that i'm speaking to you now that is that is the present moment mm -hmm. you know so if i'm focusing you know all my energy on being present with this interview um, instead of thinking, oh my God, you know, are the kids upstairs like setting fire to the kitchen, like with the pizza <laughs> or like, or are they eating all their Halloween candy? Am I going to come up there and find a mess? Like, you right. know, what, what is that? And yeah. so, but that's not being present and, and understand that there, there's certain aspects of life. We do have to be logical about things. I get that. Mm -hmm. But, but to try to balance and find a excuse the pun but a happy medium between the logic and 
you know, forecasting things and, yeah, you know, all the stuff life has to, to, to dish out. It's, it's to try to find a balance that fits your life, not my life, because it's going to look different for Dean McMurray. Again, yeah. find something like I did, like, how does that look like for Dean McMurray? Not anybody else. Yeah. And that's when, when I give classes, that's one of the things that I'm a big proponent on because we all teach like how we want to be taught to. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I always wanted. Like, how does this look like for my life? Like people, you know, here's this book answer, but quite honestly, I looked at a lot of it and I was like, that's kind of BS. Like that doesn't fit me. <laughs> and I was like, and there was nothing out there to like go explore and like, Hey, here's a loose template. Like just change it. And it's okay to erase some of the lines and color outside the box with it. Yeah. Yeah. But let it, how can it accentuate? That's what I get excited about now. Like using your intuition, how can you use that? You know, if you have a podcast, how can you use it? If you're a business executive, how can you use it? If you're in sales or again, police, fire, military, whatever in your industry or mm -hmm. a, a stay at home, dad, mom, whatever, doesn't matter what you do. Um, mm -hmm student and so and that's where i get excited about like getting other people to to play with their intuition and like and where do they want to plug into it too because do they want to become some renowned psychic like they're really gifted and do they want to take it to a like a really professional level or they right. just want to you know something that they've always had an interest in and they just want to explore it more and then you know um, or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the, the ramblings of a crazy psychic, but <laughs> <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I feel like I could just go on and on. It's just so fascinating. Um, but I appreciate your time and I Absolutely. want you to, uh, promote yourself and tell people where they can find you. Cause I know you have a podcast too. Uh, well, I, well, I'm going to be honest, first and foremost, I haven't, so I haven't produced, well, I shouldn't say produced. I haven't um, sent out an episode since my dad's passing. That's probably been about, God, has it been three years? Maybe we're coming up on three years. So uh -huh. I kind of stopped after that. And I really don't know why. Maybe there's something deeper psychological. Yeah, that's okay. But uh, yeah, so, but I still maintain the page, you know, do a lot of stuff. That's called the Red, White, and You Show. Um, and, um, so we still promote a lot of friends that have been on there, like, uh, your friend and, and ours, uh, Jennifer Marshall and, and everybody yeah. that's been on the show. Love, love those folks. Yeah. And, um, so that's been fun. So that's still out there. If you want to check it out, you can, that's also on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then of course the crazy psychic myself, uh, the military medium, on every social media platform, if you just look up the military medium, you're going to see past interviews. Of course, my okay. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And then if you want to see video, uh, some of the Sizzler reels and stuff, go out to YouTube, check it out. Military medium on every, on every uh, platform. And then, of course, um, website, militarymedium.com or deanmcmurray.com. I'll get you the same place. And you can check out... Um, different types of readings, different types of services, perfect. Um, all that kind of great, crazy stuff. And if you just have a question saying, Dean, you know, I'm starting my and all this, you know, what guidance do you, or, you know, do you have any books or anything that right. uh, you would recommend reach out because I'm more than, you know, willing to kind of head you in the right direction or give you some words of advice if I can. And, uh, yeah, so here I to love help if that. I can. Yeah. And I love the analogy of you being like a lighthouse, you know, that you're, it's just the lighthouse is there and doing its thing, but some people right. know to look for it. And I love that analogy. That was really neat. Sure. Well, and I just want to encourage everybody before we close tonight that, um, you know, I, I really hope that they would take, take the courage to be you know, become the lighthouse for others. And really that's about it, you know, encouraging others to shine their light. Um, so it's kind of a ripple effect around because not one person can do it all. 
Right. And uh, takes a village sometimes. I love that message. Thank you so much, Dean. I appreciate Thank your you time. Thank you so much, Don. I it love was your great. program. Yeah, it was great to have you. And I might might touch base with you and see if maybe you might want to come back another time. Oh, I would love that. I would yeah. love that. So yeah. thank you so much. All right. Well, you have a great rest of your day. All right. You as well. Take All care. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah.